welcome to episode 42 of In The Saddle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Roski, and I'm joined by ex-jockey Paul Callahan. How's it going, Paul? Mark, very good. Thanks very much for having us on once again. It's all good. Got to have a bit of the Irish crack on. Um, and obviously, we've got Lucky Loaders. Uh, how's, how's it going, Chris? Yeah, not too bad, mate. What we're going to do, firstly, we're going to talk a bit about Enable and Pinatubo, respectively, and the retirement. Um, did Pinatubo come as a bit of a shock to you guys? Obviously, Enable was sort of on the cards for a while after the arc, but what do you, what do you make of these these two superstars retiring? What do you think? I thought, I suppose, Pinatubo by was, I was shocked and disappointed. I thought Pinatubo would have, I was disappointed he could, couldn't build, essentially, on his two-year-old career. Like he was an unbelievable two-year-old. The performance he put in at Decorah last year was was just phenomenal. Um, I would have loved to have seen him line up at, at the Breeders' Cup. I would have loved to have seen him just get one more crack at, at the Breeders' Cup and then maybe call time. And I suppose so it was. Pinatubo essentially was a shock. Enable, not so much, but you would have liked to see him going out with a, with a one next to her name. But she's been, she owes nothing to, to nobody. Like I watched that Breeders' Cup win with, with herself and Magical. I watched the full race last week. It's one of my favourite races. And in the commentaries of all time, you know, when you when the commentator when they straightened up and you know they're in the last half of the furlong and the commentator mentioned it was racing right racing's royalty. You know, and you have the arc winners now, Breeders' Cup winner too, and make the hairs in the back or next stand. Like she's just a phenomenal, phenomenal mare and definitely you'd wish to both best of luck in their, their next career. Yeah, just touching on Enable first, I, I don't think that she was the same horse this season. I just think she was Obviously, she's a top, top mare. I just think she was just below her best, and she got found out. Um, but she doesn't owe anyone anything. Um, and Pinatubo, an unbelievable two-year-old. And moving forward, I mean, the offspring, I mean, they're going to be going off short price in two-year-old maidens, aren't they? Loder, what's your view on it? I think it's quite interesting, actually, with Pinatubo. I think Godolphin, especially this year, they were quite guarded in their comments and stable tours and in the press. Charlie Appleby didn't really want to talk to too many people I remember at the start of the year when uh, we had 2,000 guineas and there was rumours that he wasn't working quite as well as, at home and to be honest he just reminded everybody this year a bit of too darn hot um took him ages to finally win a group one over a mile and Pinatubo had some strange races I thought this season and it's a shame that he we last saw him run in the in the in the Prix de Moulin where there was a lot of critics about uh, the ride that day as Pierre-Charles Bordeaux nicked it from the front on Persian King and then he came from an absolute mile back and stayed on really uh, strongly in the closing stages and I believe the sectionals that day were really quick. I suspect possibly there was a slight setback uh, or maybe there's just something they're not quite telling us. We often see it with Godolphin sometimes. They come out and straight away they'll say a horse is retired even when we think maybe they still got a bit more to offer. You might remember Blue Point a couple of years ago as soon as he won his two races at Royal Ascot. That, that was him to start. So yeah, I, I agree with Paul. I l- would have liked to at least see how to uh, like to have a, to have a go at the, um, the Breeders' Cup. But um yeah, I can see why they they thrown in the towel. He he's been a good horse this season, and um and that, but he probably just hadn't quite delivered on the expectations as as a two year old. And unable, I think, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think she just maybe come back to the party a little bit. I think she was a class above for the last few years, but this season, um, I just think that she might have just um regressed a, a couple of pounds on her official rating. But yeah, unable, she owes uh, her connections nothing and uh, I th- yeah I think it's uh, the right decision to call it a day yeah I agree on that 
And moving on to obviously this weekend's game, what, what do we make of the sort of saga game of jockey bookings so with David Egan, Frankie, and Tom Marcond? What do you make of this? Uh, yes, it's what well, Tom Marcond is, is he's just he misses out Pierre Charles Bidon rides one master. Uh, Tom is on just as the two rides at the moment on Champions Weekend in, in um, on Starman and Adair. I suppose Adeb is, is one that he's really looking forward to. Dual Group 1 winner, albeit in Australia, probably not getting the, the recognition that, that he deserves over in the, the UK at the moment. And I'd actually quite fancy Adeb to, to um, quite fancy him on Saturday. He's a battle price, isn't he? What, what do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, I think it's... Well, we saw the same story, didn't we, earlier in the season when English King, uh, Frankie was called in and Tom was jocked off. And the same as happened again with uh, David Egan um, not taking the ride on Mishrif, um, and Frankie's coming again. I mean, having Frankie aboard is obviously a massive plus. But then at the same time, you you just think sometimes that maybe the these riders that have ridden them to get there, you know, to to their like their big day in the sun, they might know him slightly better than Frankie does, and that's the angle in. I would see. However, in this case with Mishrif, I um, I, I I think if I remember correctly, Dottori was actually aboard the last day when he won um in France. So Frankie does know Mishrif, unlike English King, where he didn't know him. So I think it's a little bit harsh on David Egan, but at the same time, I'm sure he's going to um get loads of opportunities in Group Ones. You know, he, he's a a really um impressive up. Uh, coming jockey getting loads of good opportunities with the likes of Roger Varian and that so yeah I think I think David Egan was quite humble about it in his comments towards the racing press but I don't think it's a a negative having Dottori aboard for this one yeah um obviously with the, the situation with Tom O'Connor obviously he, he rode the leisure winner didn't he it's interesting that these things work out in the end and I think both of these definitely have time on their side because Frankie in my opinion I think he Probably I've got a few years left, and then he'll be retiring as well. Anyway, moving on to the action, Champions Day Ascot. We're going to cover all the top races there. Was it going back to uh, Frankie Tatori? He rides the the hot favourite, Stradivarius. Do you think um, this is a back or a lay? Um, just just to kick things off, I mean, I think this horse has had a, a hard season. Um, I'd be taking on. What, what's your thoughts here? I agree with you there, Mark. I think Stradivarius. Out of all the shorties on Saturday, it's probably the one I would get stuck into to taking him on. Um, I, I think it's hard, though, to nail it down which one you would take him on with. Uh, we, we know last year he lost out in this race tactically to Kew Gardens, where it was a very good ride by Donica Bryan. Um, and I just think the arc might have just left his mark on him and it might just come a little bit too soon this run. So I would like to take him on. Uh, I think you can take him on with a few. I think Search for a Song is an interesting one. Actually, um, a full sister to uh, Falcon 8 of Dermot Worlds, who um, who actually uh, a few people uh, a couple of years ago thought he could be a shrewd um, outsider for the Ascot Gold Cup. So got a great stamina pedigree from the Moigler family. But for me, I just think Search of the Song, the Cara is her best track, and that's where she puts uh, her career best performances the one i really like and i think it's an interesting contender is dawn patrol who i think's got some more to come over stamina trips finished sixth in the saint ledger and that form's actually 
not worked out too badly. Um, he went on actually to win himself in his next start at the Carina Group 3 over two miles. So um, Dorm Troll, um, I think, has got a good chance and could be a little bit more to come with. Um, Pierre-Charles Bordeaux, but for the ride. And we know Bordeaux uh, got Mogul to win. Um, so there's every chance I think he can get another Bally Doyle winner. And I think Dawn Patrol, with a three-year-old allowance, has got maybe a little bit more to come and is a fair each-way price. Yeah, Dawn Patrol is currently a 12-to-one-shot best ride available. And obviously the jockey booking is certainly not a negative. I don't think this is the strongest race, right? I just think... I just think Stradivarius has a really hard season. I mean, not been running an egg and spoon race. He's top, top racing over multiple trips. I just think could be vulnerable and does it like a lay for me. Um, what, what about you, Paul? What do you think? Yeah, I'd be in agreement pretty much. I think the, he's had a, a pretty hard season and you have to take in as well the travel. Like he's been over and back to, to France twice from from September time. You know, he, but he is he's top out like and when you look on ratings he's he's, he's a fair bit in hand of, of everything. Like he's running off at a mark of 125. I think the next rated is is Broom off 117 and Sovereign also off 117. So on paper he is a fair bit ahead of these. Now he had a horrible draw in the arc. I think he was drawing the widest of the field, finishing managed only seventh under Olivia Pellier to totally back on. He's a nice draw in stall one but you know, as Chris said, search for a song is certainly interesting. The winner we last seen, Oshie Murphy on board. I don't know William Buick is partnered. I was just looking at the jockey bookings. Why Oshie Murphy maybe has not been snapped up by Andrew Balling. He has ridden, he's finished second on Spanish Moon, Spanish Mission in the past. William Buick has been on board his last victory. But I think Mirando's is, is interesting from Andrew Balling if he stays. Breeden wouldn't suggest that, that he just get to, to two miles here, which is obviously a huge question mark. But was a Group 3 winner at Ascot last year, and I think Miranda with Sylvester Souza, if getting the trip, I'd imagine could be dropped out and, and ridden to, to come with a late challenge, um, would, would be interesting at, at a bit of a price. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think the ground's quite important as well. I think softer the better for Miranda. Um, currently a 16-1 to one shot, so Paul Callan likes Miranda, and Chris Loder likes Don Patrol, so we're all in agreement we want to be taking Stradivarius on at the prices currently and there's two two each way alternatives for for the listeners moving on to the 155 it's the british championship sprint stakes We've got another short one here in dream of dreams what do you think about this one paul this is fascinating you have dream of dreams Sushi murphy on board oxted i think is very interesting he's, he's just a very likable horse here with Kieran Fallon on board. Interestingly, Oxted is his first start since having a wind operation. Yeah, one master, mentioned Tom Arquan was, was on board, one master's victory at Goodwood earlier on in the season at, at the glorious meeting at the end of July. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, and she still managed to get in front. Boudot back on board on, on Saturday, of course, was on board of success at Longchamp at the beginning of the month. But I like Starman here. You know, run with the straight track. Statistically, the high numbers would be favoured here. Starman's got a, a nice draw in 17. He's unbeaten three from three. Is going to have to, without need to step up here. Was a good winner of a listed event at York when last seen. As I mentioned, he, he will need to step up. The ground is an unknown, but Starman could be anything. Yeah, that's a good point. And obviously, I see that beat uh, one of Chris Loder's recent naps, Dakota Gold, certainly frank in the form of late. And... Um, Bit of an unknown quantity, I mean, but 10 to 1 seems a fair price. Um, who do you like in this race, Chris? 
Yeah, I think it's a lot more competitive than the betting would suggest. I think you can give some of the outsiders a credible chance of uh, running a good race. Stream of Dreams obviously sets steps to a standard, obviously, and has looked very impressive in his last couple of starts and really does look like the real deal this season. Um, however, he he wasn't... Uh, it, his winning margin at Haydock wasn't that emphatic. And I think running at Ascot, he always seems to come very late, or he has done, I remember at Royal Ascot the last couple of years, very late. So I wonder how the track's going to be riding. We haven't actually spoken about the weather. The, the, the ground could be drying out slightly. There's no rain forecast up until Saturday. Um, it's currently going to be on the... I imagine it would be riding just on the soft side of good. There might be some good to soft in the description if it does dry out. It depends how much it dries out. But the one I thought I might take a chance on that will like the conditions if it does stay on the soft side is Glen Chill for Holly Doyle and Archie Watson. Now this horse... Um, I think it's got a lot of untapped potential still over sprint trips in group races. And he um, finished second in that Haydock sprint cup where he ran well for a really long way. Um, and we know if you look back through his form, uh, um, especially last year, he was running over a lot further than uh, six furlongs. He was running up to a mile. He actually finished fourth in the Balmoral handicap here at a Champions Day last year over mile. So we know he's got the stamina and he'll be able to handle the testing conditions. And if it's quite hard to come from off the pace um, on Saturday, it might just favour those that are prominent. And we know he's going to be handy. He's going to be up there with the pace. And if he can make it a real kind of battle of stamina over the trip, I think he's definitely a massive player and uh, shouldn't be underestimated. So for me... In what looks like a wide open race, I think Glenn Shield would have a massive chance. Glenn Shield's currently best price available 14 to 1. You know, I think the favourite route's quite solid here. Best price available 15 to 8. Done it well last time out. Um, I, can, I can understand your angle with the stamina. I just, I just think Dreamer Dreams look quite classy. Classic stout horse. Um, I think he'll take all the beating. And obviously, Paul Callahan is with Starman. Best price available 10 to 1. Shortest 7 to 1 with Paddy. So I'll maybe have to speak to the boys and see if you've seen any money for that already. Anyway, moving on to the 230. It's the champions, Phillies and Mare Stakes. Chris, this looks quite open. Who do you like here? Yeah, I would say this is probably it's a very tricky race to, to work out. I think you can give a lot, a, lot, a lot of horses in here a chance. And I think the favourite, even though despite being uh, really impressive last time out, um, in the Prix de Royalou at Longchamp on Arc Day, I think you can take her on. And the one that I would like to have a go at taking her on with actually is the second favourite in the betting is Dame Malio for Edwin and Holly Doyle in the colours of the Oppenheimer family. Now, um, this, this horse has got some good form behind Tanawa and Rabiha when finishing third in the Prix Meal at Longchamp. Um, beat the boys as well earlier in the season in the Group 2, so... She's a, definitely a classy filly, and she doesn't mind testing conditions, which we said it could be riding on the soft side. Also, as well, this could be the chance for Ed Vaughan to have his last winner as a trainer. We He revealed um, earlier in the season that this is going to be his final year as a trainer in the UK, at least. Um, so looking at every, all the runners 
in the race. I just thought Dame Mayo might be the one that um might just be the one right for the day, and I think she's got a good chance. Yeah, it's a big opportunity for Holly Doyle as well. Um, Dan Malley's currently a four to one chance. Um, a big opportunity in this. It does it does look quite wide open. What well, who do you like in this race, Paul? I like even so for for Geraldine's and Colin Keane. And I'm just going to give a mention before I talk about even so. I just mentioned it to two John Gosden fillies in the race. Like Madea was a winner at Cheshire Oaks. Remember last year, got an absolutely horrid run round and was very impressive in the end. Was short a room at the start, and Rob Haven was on board. And this was a disappointing favourite then in the Oaks. Didn't really build that. Chester looked like she could be. She could be anything, and. Um, just hasn't built on that. Frankly, Darlin was a good winner of the Ribblesdale, haven't been unbelievably keen throughout, but it's interesting that Frankie Vittori has opted for the other because of Billy Medea. But back to even so, nicely drawn as Sol 3, was sixth in France for the last scene. Gary Carroll was on board, and she was pretty keen on that, in that run. And I think if she can settle Colin Keane on board on Saturday, even so, if she can settle on Saturday, or a piece, she was a good winner of the Irish Oaks back in July, and I think it a piece of that run from Sol 3 would see her, I think, take the beat. It's currently 6-1 to one best prize available at the moment. Obviously, Colin came back on board is obviously a positive. Gerald Lyons having a fantastic season. I certainly wouldn't put anyone off her. So, Paul Callan likes even so, best prize 6-1. to one. Lucky Loaders, Dan Malay on a shorty, 9-2 second favourite. Moving on to the 305, the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. What do we like here, Paul? Because I think it's going to be hard to see Palace Pierre turn over. You know, he's five from five, was a good winner, not ground dependent either. He was a good winner in France for one last scene at Deauville. That was back on the 16th of August. Not overly raced either. Frankie Nittori on board. I think the Revenant is is a very interesting runner. It was a good good winner one last scene. Pierre Charles Bidot on board. Circus Maximus, you could see running well, but again, just getting a, a podium position maybe at best. So I think Palace Pierre would, I think price accordingly, Palace Pierre to take and I think the Revenant to, to follow him home. Yeah, looks got the remnants of a, a bad each way here. Um, the Revenant, I mean, great horse, awful movie. Um, does it like a cracking each way bet in this race? Palace Pierre does look does look difficult to beat. Would you be taking Palace Pierre on here, Chris? Because I know, I know how much you love a lay. I think I would like to mention is Chris Loder actually put up on last week's podcast that Logician could be vulnerable it's sixties on at the time, and obviously out out the two. I don't what what price was Logician in the place market. Just I don't know. I didn't lay him in the places. I didn't lay him in the places. Ah, but yeah, that was a great show. Anyway, on on onto this weekend's action. Palace Pier. Are you are you taking this one on, Chris? Or are you? What do you think? Alternative each way. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't side against uh Palace Pier for win purposes. Uh I just think he's definitely along with Mahafa were two of the most exciting horses that we've seen this year. And it's a real shame Mahatha had that setback because I think this would have been one of the clashes of the year if they both had turned up. So Palace Pier he does have it slightly easier. He's unbeaten, um very lightly raced, uh, gets the three year old allowances um, the form as well was boosted by Alpine Star, who ran a cracking race uh, last time out um, in France. 
in the um, in the Prida Opera behind Tanawa, who had plenty of good form anyway going into that race. So that looks a nice level of form. Um, uh, but I think he 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 set he sets the benchmark and he's the most likely winner. But if I did have to have a couple of darts at something at slightly bigger prices, I think Nazif is quite an interesting runner actually. Um, quite a, a nice winner of the San Chariot Stakes last time out. Um, and there's a previous winner here um, when winning the Duchess of Cambridge or the Duke of Cambridge Stakes um, at Royal Ascot. And Century Dream as well is a horse I would give a chance to at a, a fairly big each way price if you were looking for an each way alternative. It's run well here at the course uh, in the past before, finished um, third in this race in the past behind uh, Roaring Lion. And then um, and has run well, I believe, in the Queen Anne before. So it's a track that he, he, he um, does quite well at, and the condition should be in his favour. He's been running quite well this season. You can forgive the last day at Leopardstown. I think, I think the ground was too quick for him. And going back onto softer ground, I think uh, he, he would have a chance of uh, making the frame. So yeah, they would be the two I would be interested on if I had to have an each-way bet. I think Palace Pure looks very difficult to beat here. Um... I think both both our judges, well, maybe maybe three judges. We 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 all like Palace Pierce chances here. Um, just having a look at some of the outsiders, you can imagine Escobar would be quite popular with a certain demographic on the Saturday. Don't like his chances though, but I could see some money for him on the day. Anyways, moving on to the three forty champion stakes. Magical Chris, what do you think? I think she's just about the one to beat. However, I think this is definitely the best race we've seen all year on the flat in the UK. I think it's really hard to rule the majority of these out. Obviously, like, um, obviously, magical sets of stand, you know, but you've got some interesting contenders in here. You've got Mishrif, who's looked a real tool this season. You've got um, Lord North, who won at Royal Ascot in here as well. Adeyeb finished second last year and... I think has really improved quite a lot in the last 12 months. Um, you've got Serpentine in here who uh, um, unfortunately didn't get to run in the arc. He could still have a, a, a fairly big say in the race. Pile Driver as well, um, won at Royal Ascot earlier in the year and has run some really nice races this season and has been a fairy tale for Willie Muir. Um, but the one I'm just going to... It pains me to say it because I never fall into these traps, but I just got a feeling japan might run a really big race um and i do believe in the excuses um he's a horse that i've always really been keen to oppose um but i just think he needs quite a lot of uh racing to finally prime him up for his big day um and the excuse was after the king george he had some uh sore shins or something or sore feet and then um, it's taken him quite a while to get over that and the run at um, Leopardstown even though he was well beaten by Magical they were actually quite happy with that it, they were and it's just the way that they keep saying that he's going to have a big one in him I just think that that race might have put him up, put him right for this and he does tend to go um, fairly well with a bit of cut in the ground some of his best performances have come uh, with a bit of juice in the ground. He finished fourth in the arc last year on very testing ground when he beat Magical by six lengths. So he can beat Magical. Um, and his form in the Eclipse, if he ran to that level, 
uh, when he finished third behind Gareth and Nabel would certainly put him in with a massive chance at a big price. And Colin Keane is a really interesting jockey booking. And we've seen a few jockey, um, few other jockeys in Ryan Moore this season, like Pierre-Charles Bordeaux, um, get horses to win that Ryan couldn't. And I just wonder maybe this could be the day that Japan finally puts it all together um, and wins a big group one. And I think he can at a huge price. Currently best place available, 14 to 1 for Japan. What about yourself, Paul? Who do you like in this one? Yeah, well, like, I think Chris, as Chris mentioned, it's wide open. Like you couldn't, you can make a valid case for all 11 runners, which is which is incredible. It's set to be an absolute cracker. And the one I'm coming down with is Adiab, Tom Marquanda, and William Haggis, dual group one winner in Australia. It looks pretty versatile as far as the ground is, is concerned. The only slight worry is drawn out in 11 of, of the 11 runners. And I know you have a mile and two to cover, but it's like starting a, starting a football match, a, a soccer match over 90 minutes, starting a, a goal behind. You know, you, it's, it's just, you make life, it's going to make life that little bit harder for, for Tom Marquand. You know, he's a horse that likes to go forward, but out of the 11, I don't think there's that many who will want to drop in. You know, he's a horse that'll want to sit, you'd imagine, second, third, fourth, no further back than that. But from Saul 11, he's going to have to do a, a fair bit of running in the first half of the to, to get a good position. And, um, yeah, hopefully, that's that's the one I'm coming down with, William Haggis and, and Tom Marquand, Adiyad, despite being, being drawn out in, in Saul 11. I think he can overcome that and, and take the beating here. He's currently best price available, 8-1. to one. I, thought he was, I thought he was quite impressive last time out here. Um, it did look for a, a stage that looked a bit bit of a flat spot but it was very very game um, I don't think the ground will be an issue here there's one that I thought was quite interesting obviously Pile Driver the one last time out in the ledger and this step back and trip is probably seen as a negative um, and obviously you got Serpentine in this race as well I mean I'll, I'll be very surprised if they let this one off on a loose lead um, but you never know uh, these, it's, it's happened before um, obviously we've got the old rogue Desert Encounter um, obviously, I got the one to six shot beat last time, and I still finished second on Desert Encounter. That, that horse is like my nemesis, you know. And then obviously, a extra, extra elusive. I mean, this is a bit of a step up. I mean, what I thought was quite interesting was Lord North. My uh, Gosden mole that started seeing say Lord North was ahead of Palace Pier, and obviously, I uh, didn't put the the latter into my top ten to follow. And obviously, the other one's got the perfect record. But I would give Lord North another chance here. Um, I think we're all in agreement. Magical's probably a bit a bit skinny. Um, so we've got, see, I like Lord North 6-1. to one. Paul Gallagher likes Adayeb 8-1. to one. And Chris Loder likes Japan 14-1. to one. If we can't get a place here, we're probably in a bit of trouble here, guys. Anyways, moving on to the 4-15, the Balmoral Handicap. 23 declared to go here. Uh, we'll start with Paul Callahan. This looks like an absolute minefield. Paul, what, what do you like here? <laughs> it is. It looks an absolute minefield. And as I mentioned beforehand, the, the high numbers statistically would generally have a have a you know a slight advantage to that of, of the, the low numbers. And drawn out installed 23 for Roger Charlton and William Buick. I'm gonna side with Blue Mist to, you know, nice outside draw. Was a beaten favourite, disappointed at Ascot when last seen. That was off a handicap mark of 101. Runs off 100 on Saturday, but hasn't won off the mark higher than 95. So will need to step up. But could be a bit of an each-way price blue miss with that favourable draw installed 23. 
currently best price available 16 to 1. Um, and obviously on the day, you're probably going to get enhanced place terms. So just make sure you have a look around, shop around. Um, so obviously these extra places can make a big difference, especially in these fields. What about you, Chris? What do you like here? Well, the man to follow in this race over the last few years has been uh, David O'Meara, who's actually won it with a few uh, nice types, won it with Escobar last year, who was a convincing winner in the end, and uh, Group 1 winner, Lord Glitters. So you want to take and take um, note of his runners in this, and there's been a horse. I think this has been the plan ever since they brought him, and that's Orban um, for David O'Meara. Um, I actually backed him earlier in the season when he won at York, um, and he's just he's run well without being really noteworthy this season um he's made the frame quite a few times and i just think his fourth uh, ascot was uh, was just a big prep run really for for this race um ran on quite quite um quite easily in the closing stages under jamie spencer that day i uh, wasn't given a hard time um and just was kind of i'm not saying he was an on on the day you know but it was just a it was just getting the keeping the, the match fitness going um i did really fancy him actually if he was going to run at last time at the ascot meeting that got abandoned a couple of weeks ago because he was due to run in the big heritage handicap there but i just think orban with a man that knows what he's doing he does really well as well with his french imports he he really knows how to buy the french horses i think this has been a a, a target job for david O'Meara all season this horse and I've seen 20, 25 to 1 out there. I think we can get that kind of price. I think he's a great each way bet. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if there was a bit of money for him on the day. Yeah, one thing I'd like to add is the, the word non-trier. We're not sure if you use that on this podcast. That will be edited out after um, for all our listeners. And none of that here. Um, one thing I would like to ask you, Chris, Tempest's run. What did you make of that at Newmarket? And obviously that is form linked into Orban. Obviously Orban has a swing in the weights, now six pounds. He still could be the the Cambridge was a really Cambridgeshire was a really funny race this year. It was a majestic dawn. He made all against that rail, you know. And I just think the race never quite suited Tempest. He wasn't really able to dictate. So I would give him another chance if you really fancied him. I wouldn't put you off him, but in a big competitive race like this, I think I would rather back something at a bigger price. Yeah, Orban's currently a 16 to 1 chance. Um, and obviously, does have a swing in the weights with Tempest. Obviously, see how good that form is. Tempest is short as 6 to 1, near enough favourite. And uh, Paul Callahan likes Blue Mist. So that wraps up Ascot for Saturday for Champions Day. Have you guys got any other any other bets? Um, and obviously, I'll get your naps as well. Start with Lucky Loaders. Any other bets? Well, the nap is actually going to be coming from down under. I actually really fancy Anthony Van Dyke. Um, to run a really big race in the Caulfield Cup. Now, it does look a competitive race on paper. It's going to be early Saturday morning. I think it's 7.15 a.m. I'm hoping it will be live on Sky Sports Racing. If not, you can catch a race replay. But Anthony Van Dyke, he's a classy type. He beat Stradivarius last time we, we saw him. And he's got some good form in the bag this season. Finished third in the rearranged Coronation Cup at Newmarket. Uh, was a... Bit unlucky, I thought, at Royal Ascot. I think you can forgive that run and actually mark it up. Um, and uh, and was a winner in France last time. And despite having a wide draw, it's not necessarily a negative. A few horses have won from wide draws in the Caulfield Cup in the in the past, which has actually seen normally as a trial for the Melbourne Cup itself, the, the big race down under. 
but I just think he's a really classy type and those classy horses do very well down under. They've butchered Bowman, who some people might think is a negative, but obviously a top Aussie rider, you know, and I just think uh, I think he will be a class above his rivals. There's actually, obviously, there's a, a good indicator for, for the big one, the Melbourne Cup. And uh, Hugh Bowman, for me, I, I, I would see that as a, as a positive, certainly not a negative. Um, there is a, a bold move from, from Lucky Loaders going for, for one down under. Um, it's certainly one that one to keep an eye on. And obviously, all our uh, real listeners will be interested here. And I don't think the top weight is that much of an issue. I just think this horse is classy. Um, best price available right now is actually five to one. You can get about six to one with Betfair at the moment. I could see this one going off a lot shorter in the day. So, obviously, Chris Loder, Nap for the weekends, actually coming from down under. Anthony Van Dyke, best price available around five to one, six to one. What about Mr. Callahan? What do you like? What's your nap? Nap on the, I think there's a, a runner, Joe O'Brien has won in the three o'clock at Leprechaun Saturday, Saturday Federal. There's a one start, one victory. Definitely McDonald's on board in, in that group three at Leprechaun. But I'm going to go with Nap on the card at Ascot. I'm going to go with Starman, drawn in stall 17 at the 155 for, for Tom O'Conn. So, Riders Judge is with Starman 10 to 1, 155 Ascot. Please take note. Um, listen guys it's been great thanks for all your tips um, she will get a, a couple of winners and obviously all the listeners as well gamble responsibly um, hope you get a couple of winners as well make sure you give us a follow on Spotify SoundCloud and iTunes any reviews as well is great negative positive love to hear from you guys but just stay tuned all the best cheers guys cheers.